Welcome to Scary Savannah and Beyond. This is going to be episode number 27. I'm so excited, except for the fact that I'm not going to be in this episode much. Well, you're not going to be in this episode <laughs> much because unfortunately you've got other commitments you have to do that are far I more know, important to you. But it's 27 and you couldn't like, can we do like 26.5? We're going to call this one for the matters of this episode only 26.A. Okay, and then we can do 27 when I can be involved more. Yeah, we'll we'll say that. Okay. We'll say that for sure. It's going to confuse you and me and everyone else. I'm already else. confused. <laughs> and everyone else is probably not. No. So we would like to ask you to go and check out our Patreon. We actually had our first episode of Patreon drop this previous Wednesday, didn't we? Yeah, it's about cryptids, and I'm sure still not sure what that is yet. I'm not really sure either, <laughs> but I did a really good story you on did. it, did I not? You did, so it was very check it interesting. out. So go to our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. You can be on there, and we are committing to dropping at least one episode a week on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Patreon. So if you haven't gone there, go to patreon.com forward slash Gary Savannah, and you can check us out there and follow us and see the awesome content. There's audio and video available on that. Maybe they can let us know what a cryptid is. Somebody does. Somebody let us know. Don't worry. I'm practically a professional <laughs> in these matters. Also, don't forget to enter our May merchandise giveaway. And we have an easy way to enter. We'll tell you about it at the end of the episode, give you all the details. So make sure you stick around for that. Are we going to tell who won for April? And we neglected to mention the winner of the April merchandise giveaway not intentionally. We just got so busy and we forgot. I blame you, even though I wrote the script. Yeah, it's practically <laughs> all my fault. So the winner from our April giveaway was Christy Russell. Yay. Yay, Christy Russell. Do you have Russell. like a sound effect you can do? Uh, I'll see. Who's Maybe in class? Post. Maybe in post. <laughs> so Christy, you didn't give us your email address. So send, go to our website and send us a message through the contact form and let us know how to get a hold of you. And we will give you the option of the coffee mug or the other coffee mug or the shirt, whichever one you want. So make sure you shoot that to us. Okay. So Crystal, how have you been this week and what's going on? I've been good and I've been getting a lot of projects done around the house. I don't know how I found the time. I don't know. It's the old crystal. It used to be like this. It's like literally every time I'd leave the house, I'd be scared I'd come home and something would be painted <laughs> every time or thrown away or rearranged. I, I tried to throw away some stuff in your office. I noticed some jackets were missing that you didn't tell me about. I've noticed a few of them are gone. No, you didn't. I did. There's a leather one you got rid of. I didn't. You did. Did you I? You hated it. It was a lambskin jacket. You just got rid it of it. It was too big. It was too big, and it was like 1980s. There's no but not reason the cool to have 1980s. it. Now you that just, I got my Indiana Jones You jacket. just like to have stuff around you that has no value in as far as no like. No value to you. But you can't use it. You don't know that. <laughs> what That's was why that? I keep all those boxes. What was that I pulled out of the closet? Then you were like, don't even think about it. It was the box for my sure in-ear monitors. <laughs> 
that they I use box. as a musician. Well, I like to have for a box. monitors. For what? Are you going to ship ever, them somewhere? What if I ever decide to sell them at some point? You're not going to sell them. You're right, but still, there's You're never going to sell anything option. like that. You I won't sell anything. So since I've been doing all these projects, I'm running out of things to do, amazingly. And yeah. so we like have been watching old episodes of Flea Market Flip. I love that show. I know. And like now, even you're inspired to like go I out. I cut and, wood and make furniture I tops. I know. You're like, do we still have that circular saw? I did ask her that last night. And we night. got that like 20 years ago. It was ago. like two in the morning. We're watching yeah. this show and we <laughs> see these people in here. And we're like, we could do that so much better than them. I know. So I think we're going to start. Plus they were using like electricity and welding and stuff and all these things that are incredibly not qualified by me to do. Yeah. You can like take a. Uh, battery like what is that thing like the jumper cables it's electrodes and they run an electric current through just like put the positive liquid. to the negative yeah. and it just like it burns the wood dangerous. yeah she said don't try it at home yeah, but so i have a feeling you will definitely gonna do it at home but i'm probably gonna break it which is what happens to everything i touch so as if we didn't have enough to do now we're gonna get into flipping furniture so stay tuned for that yeah <laughs> Okay, so this week's a very special episode, and we are going to be interviewing RKB Paranormal, which is a paranormal investigation group out of Dixon, Tennessee. And by we, you mean you. I got kicked out of this episode. You weren't kicked out so much as you just weren't able to be in it. Well. And I wish you could have been, because I'm sure you would have had some kind of insight that I would not have come up with. Well, I'm excited. I'll have to watch this episode, because I haven't heard the interview. You don't watch our episodes? You make me watch them. Yes, I do. But Every it doesn't time mean you pay attention. I do pay attention. Yeah. I have to make sure I don't look stupid and uh, that thing that there's no uh, Dr. Pepper can sitting behind me like there eh, was one day. It happens every once in a while. <laughs> Might even be on our Twitter profile picture. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I can't leave that. anything to you. No, you sure can't. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and roll that interview right now. Uh, today, we're going to have a special guest from RKB Paranormal. And this is Damien, right? Yes, sir. They are a paranormal investigation group based out of Dixon, Tennessee, right? That's correct. Okay, that's very cool. So could you tell me a little bit about your paranormal group? My best friend and co-founder, Josh, um, him and I have been friends for 30 years. And um, paranormal was just something we was already always interested in from, you know, teenagers. And our other best friend, Keith, who our team's actually named after, um, when we were all teenagers, we would go to any kind of haunted cemetery that we heard about, any kind of abandoned house we heard was haunted, and we would, quote-unquote, do an investigation. Um, I mean, we would spend hours in the cemetery in the middle of the night just trying to find anything. Um, and starting a team was something we always talked about growing up. And um, in 2011, Keith, um, he was a cop here in our hometown of Dixon. He was unfortunately shot and killed in the line of duty. I'm oh, sorry. Um, thank you. And um, the dream kind of kind of Paris for a little bit, but it was something me and Josh still always kind of talked about, but we just kind of put it on the back burner for a while. And then um, back in June of 2020, I went up to uh, Rushview Mountain State Penitentiary in East Tennessee, just kind of okay. did like the daytime tour and thing and stuff. And uh, yeah, me and him went back up there about a week later. We got to talking on the way home and we'd love to roll through here at night. And so we gathered some friends up and we went back about a week later and did their night investigation. And we experienced so much in those, you know, five or six hours on the way home that, that, that morning we got to talk and I was like, man, we've, we've been talking about this for years and years. I was like, it's time to, to actually get this going. Yeah. And so he agreed and I told him the name I had in mind, which was RKB paranormal, which is 
our friend Keith's initials. So we figured what better way to kind of honor him and kind of still have him with us during investigations to, and, and name the team after him. And, you know, he loved that idea. So the next morning I messaged my tattoo guy. He designed us the logo. I had us a Facebook page up and going about a day later. Yeah. And we just kind of started from there. So. All right. Well, that that's a pretty interesting uh, start there. And I, I like the the way you guys named your team. That is a pretty good memorial, it seems like. Since that's uh, Yeah, we thought so. So Yeah, you can live up, uh, you know, the dreams y'all had when uh, when you were younger. So there we guess that's that was that was the whole plan behind yeah. it. So can you uh, tell me a little bit about your team? My co-founder and I, Josh, um, my wife, Kelly's on the team, his wife, Angel's on the team. And then mine and Josh's really good friend from school, Mark, is on the team. Um, so it's five of us. Um, most all investigations, us and the wife's go. Mark lives out of state, so he doesn't get to go very much, but he tries to be as active as he can with um, giving us ideas and helping us out with other things. So we just had an investigation last night, actually, um, and that went it was it was a little interesting place. So we went to the Gaines House in Gainesboro, Tennessee. And during the Civil War, it was actually used as a field hospital. Actually, all the houses in Gainesboro was used as hospitals during that time. And it's the only one still standing. Okay. Um, I know about all those haunted hospitals. We've got one in Savannah, uh, the Marshall House Inn, where me and my wife, Crystal, stayed one night. And uh, if you didn't believe in ghosts before you went there, and I believed in spirits, uh, I definitely believed after we spent a night in the most haunted room because I had something grabbing my arm. She had something pushing her into the bed, and we saw a tall, shadowy figure walk across the room. So oh, I imagine well. y'all probably had something going on last night or the other night when you did that. How, how'd that go um, for you? Um, the first part of the night was pretty was was pretty active. Um, I haven't gotten gone through all the video or audio yet. Um, I'm still kind of suffering from that paranormal hangover. So we did experience a lot of REM pod activity. Um, myself and Angel went into a room and we had the REM pod set up on a chair that the people said that a lot of people experienced stuff in. So we had the REM pod yeah. set up in the chair. Wasn't doing anything. We stood in there for about five minutes. I was like, well, let's just walk in here, leave the camera roll and see what happens. Yeah. As soon as we step out, the REM pod, REM pod starts going off. I yeah. was like, all right. So we step back in immediately stops right. i was Can like you, well, uh, maybe you know this is an old building i was like maybe our us walking around is causing it to vibrate and so i went over beside the chairs kind of jumping up and down stomping the floor never moves never goes off i'm like all right walk back out same thing starts immediately as we step out the door yeah i was like i turn around i was like all right i was like whoever you are get up out of the chair almost on cue it stopped going off oh goodness walked back in wouldn't do it came back out went off again it did it four or five times we got it i know we got all that on video we did we had a couple of interesting spirit box sessions um we had a lot of stuff kind of related to the civil war that was coming through um like i said we haven't went through all the video or anything so but it was it was a pretty active night at the first part then about halfway through it just kind of died down and was quiet the rest of the night so yeah can can you describe what a a rem pod and a spirit box is for our, our listeners who may not know even though we have mentioned a rem pod when we did an investigation at the savannah haunted historic theater and they had a paranormal group bring all their equipment like thermal mm-hmm. imagers uh infrared cameras things of that nature and one of the things that well they had a couple were rim pods and they set them up and mm-hmm. that's like the coolest piece of ghost hunting equipment i've ever seen that's as you definitely know when that thing's going off but could you yeah. tell them a little bit more about what a rim pod is and what it does um basically what it is just it's just a, a round little pod has the antenna that comes out of it and it's got four or five different lights on it um and when something gets 
within probably half an inch of that antenna, it'll start beeping. The lights will go off like the, it breaks the electromagnetic field and it just starts kind of making it go crazy. Vibration does make it go off, but it takes quite a bit of vibration to kind of set it off. But mostly you get really close to it. It starts beeping and just going going wacko um yeah it's probably become our favorite piece of equipment so is it the most uh, efficient way to determine uh, when you go into one of these places what's the first thing you usually notice to give you an indication that there is some activity there is it rem pod or is it some other device that you might be using usually when we go into a place we kind of go quiet to begin with we just kind of just get a, get a feel of the location kind of just get our senses about it about everything and um then we just kind of pick and choose some nights we might start with some um something to do with rim pods pods sometimes we might start with the evp session it just kind of depends on kind of depends on our mood we start different pretty much every time so tell me this um and this is something i'm curious about because i'm a very amateur amateur <laughs> uh paranormal investigator myself uh, can anybody be a ghost hunter? I mean, do you are there any qualifications you think you'd need to have, or is this mostly like a, a self-taught thing that you're doing? I mean, we we pretty much have learned on the fly. I mean, of course, we've seen all the different shows and and all that stuff. Which ninety nine percent of that shows a lot of that's amped up just for ratings and stuff. But yeah, we just kind of learned on the fly. Um, and as we've progressed, I've I've gotten contact with more and more teams and become some friends with some investigators, and they've taught me some tricks that they use. And we've kind of incorporated some stuff into our investigations that we've learned from them, and and we've taught them some stuff that that we try. And it's just pretty much learning on your own. There's really no qualifications to it. I mean, I've I've seen some people talking about that on Twitter, and uh, it's something I haven't really looked much in, into, but uh, that investigation we did was actually pretty entertaining. They took us in this theater and around 10 o'clock, they locked the doors and let us stay in there until about, it's about one o'clock in the morning. And they gave us this equipment and they told it, gives a little crash course on how to use it. And then mm-hmm. they just turned all the lights in the theater out and <laughs> let us go. And it was pretty crazy. And we, the reason I know what a REM pod is, is because we were, in a room behind the stage and they had a REM pod in the middle and they had a spirit box connected to a guitar amplifier that uh, had oh, like wow. a noise filter on it that the guy did. And uh, we just sat there talking and we got some pretty clear responses. Like uh, we got them, we asked who the ghost was and they said, Anthony, and it came through clear as a bell. And uh, cause I know how those things work. Usually you're hearing it sweeping through mm-hmm. the radio band yeah. frequencies and you get a lot of yep. stuff you pick up, but it sounded like mm-hmm. it just clearly said that. And, that sort of freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. You ever had an uh, experience like that with a, with a spirit box or anything where you feel like something has said something that's uh, got you a little, oh, this is uh, doesn't seem right? I personally haven't experienced that before. Um, my wife has a couple of times um, where she'll just kind of get the cold chill. She's like, and she'll tell me afterwards. She goes, that was really weird. She goes, it felt if it was feeling like something was like touching her while she was doing it and stuff like that, rubbing her on her arms and um, like I said, I've never really felt that. Um, but when you're doing those spirit boxes, it's there's so much stuff coming through and you're trying to listen and pick up on what it's saying. And sometimes it makes perfect sense. Other times it's just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, know, I heard some of that, but thankfully had a little noise filter. So I, I know typically when those things are going, they can be kind of annoying because they're making mm-hmm. so much noise, but it yeah. was dampening out some of that. So it seemed like only the strongest signals came through. Right. And uh, that's how we heard that. And it was pretty, pretty interesting. Is anyone on your team especially sensitive to spirits? I mean, I know my wife, when we go places, she'll 
Because there's a lot of haunted places in Savannah. They call themselves the most haunted city in America. No, and it's it's on our bucket list yeah. to go down there. So <laughs> no, you should definitely come because we go to all these places and she will, when we go in these haunted houses and various other places that are supposedly haunted, she'll get a feel, she can feel stuff. And I don't feel anything. I, I just don't have that. I, I'm pretty dense, I guess, as far as noticing right. what's going on around me. But do you have anyone on your team that maybe has a special sensitivity to this kind of stuff? Um, actually, my wife, Kelly, she's she's kind of the same way. Um, she she feels like she's been that way for a long time. She just never was really that open to it, yeah. and really until you know me and her got together, and she kind of realized that you know, hey, maybe I can sense these things. And it it took her a while to kind of get used to it and, and accept it, but. I'm like you, you know, she'll, she'll sense something. I was, I would be like, I have no clue what you're talking about. I was like, I'm not feeling that. I'm not seeing it, not hearing it, but, um, but she's I, like, I got stuff up time. in my hair. I feel a pull in my <laughs> hair in here. I feel <laughs> right. nothing, baby. Nothing. Right. Yeah. And, and Josh is the same way. He's, he's pretty sensitive to stuff too. So they're usually our go-to sensitive people when we're like, Hey, what are you feeling in here? You know, where are you being pulled? Stuff yeah. like that. So. so that's sort of like a divining rod for you to sort of maybe pull out your tools. You know, if somebody's like, ah, there's mm -hmm. something going on over here. And then yep. you pull out the EMF meters and, and stuff like that. Cause I got yep. this, I actually just bought this the other day. I had it on the desk. I, I'll, I'll see if it shows it to you. Uh, this is a ghost stop rook EMF meter. It's my very first mm -hmm. piece of paranormal equipment. I have no idea if it works, but <laughs> I, I can't wait to go out and, you know, attempt to use it. We thought we might go to, we have several pretty famous haunted cemeteries in this area and right. i don't know if emfs they're good and for see, cemeteries a, a cemetery or, would be a good place to start because you have no kind of electrical stuff around you that could possibly set it off stuff like that so yeah and i've got a uh, zoom h6 recorder which i was going to go maybe we we actually did an evp session at one of the cemeteries around here it was by the, the guy who wrote the song jingle bells is actually oh. buried in savannah and that's that's pretty funny so we found his grave and we're standing over it and i just did a recording and we got a response, but it was unintelligible. I mean, you couldn't make it out, but it was clearly right. something was happening. And right. I just thought that was pretty interesting. But maybe I'll take this out here. I don't know which way to point it, you know. So, right. Tell me this. Um, you've got this going. It's been going a little while. How how do your, your friends and family feel about what you guys are doing? Uh, are they supportive? Most all of my family is 100% behind it. Um, my sister thinks it's really cool. My mom loves it. Um my mom, she's actually been to a couple of places with me before we actually started the team. Um, and now that we've actually started it, she's she's wanting to go with us on an investigation. Um, Josh's mom, she actually went with us last year on an investigation. Um, so most of our family's 100% behind it. And then most of all of our friends are, too, that we have friends left and right. Man, I'd love to go with y'all some night. And, and so actually... We had a friend with us last night. Um, a lot of his family was from the area that we went to. So we kind of used him as a human trigger object. And he <laughs> yeah. had a bunch of names and all this other stuff. And he actually found his great, great grandfather in the cemetery behind the house we were at. So that's interesting. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a pretty cool night. So I, I'm sort of excited. So, so your stuff, your investigations, where, where do you, you post this for people to see? Is it mostly YouTube or do you have other places where you're posting your results? Um, we have our YouTube page. Um, we have Facebook, uh, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. We're almost all the big social media sites. Yeah. But I think our biggest following is probably Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. So, yeah, I, I find Twitter very, very helpful for communicating. It's uh, I haven't had as much luck with Facebook, but um, and I should because I'm 43 and my kids tell me uh, Facebook's for old people. So you know, I consider <laughs> right. myself old people in their eyes, but yeah. Uh, 
Twitter seems to be giving me a pretty good response. Speaking of your investigations, um, how, how many investigations do you think roughly you've, you've done to this point? About 19 places. Okay. That is uh, quite a few places. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, so. I, I had fun at one. I, I know I'd love to go do another. Um, so tell me, on your investigations, you've mentioned the REM pod, you've mentioned a spirit box. Uh, what is your typical loadout of equipment you guys will take on an investigation outside of those two things? Are there other stuff that's useful? We get pretty good use uh, out of our EMF detectors, um, especially like in the house we were in last night. There's absolutely no electricity in that building. And so it spiked up quite a few different times. Um, of course, we have our video cameras. Um, normally, there's always somebody with a camera attached to them. And then there will yeah. be certain areas where we'll just leave one set up and just, just walk away and, and hope something happens. Um, we have a couple sets of dowsing rods, which uh, Josh gets a lot of luck out of those. I feel like some he feels like something's always with him. Okay. Um, uh, I just thought those were used we for water. I didn't know you used them to go find ghosts. Weirdest thing. I would have never thought that either. But yeah. um, when we went to Brushy Mountain, they they pulled out some and they were just super accurate. So Some insider got, tricks of the trade there, huh? Dowsing yeah. rods. We've actually got um, probably another thing that most people wouldn't think of. We have... Um, these little LED cat toys, little cat balls that, oh, yeah. that are motion activated and stuff like that. Okay. We've got a lot of use out of them. We'll just sit them down on a table or in the floor. Nobody moves and they'll start lighting up and going crazy. Um, we've had a lot of luck out of those, especially when we know there's like a child spirit around or something. Uh, um, they want to play with the ball. Yeah. Yep. And go. we've got a teddy bear. Um, it doesn't do anything. It's just a regular teddy bear. But we bring it out when we know there might be a child around. And we try to, we always try to bring some kind of trigger object whenever we're going somewhere. Um, Is it usually related to the ghosts you think well, are in this area? Like, what would you take well, yeah. for, say, the Civil War Hospital. I mean, is there some specific um, thing for stuff like that? We didn't really have any kind of medical stuff, um, but um, I just brought out some some cards. I was figured, you know, maybe somebody that was healing up might have played some cards or yeah, I think probably. we had a cigar we brought. I know at a couple of the jails we've went to, Josh has brought his handcuffs. He works. He's a corrections officer. So, yeah. And we've had a lot of luck with the handcuffs. We also had a lot some luck with some cigarettes and some whiskey at a jail. Um, kind of was saying, Hey, we brought this in for you. We'll be stuck yeah. in just for you. And had it had a EMF detector sitting beside him. That EMF detector was lighting up. Like someone was reaching out for that stuff. And yeah. so, so it's, yeah. So, so imagine the whiskey and the cigarettes probably get a positive response, but uh, going into a jail or places and you bring in handcuffs, I don't think the spirits would probably be quite so fond of those. Yeah. I don't think they get like the, the positive response. You're kind of like, you know, get away from us. We yeah. haven't really encountered like anything negative per se. Yeah. Um, a few of us have been scratched at a location. Oh, nice. But that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean it was bad. Like um, draw blood or just like no, just scratch like just, a cat uh, might. Just kind of just kind of welted up a little bit. Um, but there again, people always perceive scratches automatically being demonic. Yeah. Um, and that's not always the case. It could be a spirit that may not know how to use their 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 energy quite well yet and that might be the only way they can communicate that's a lot of things that like these shows kind of falsely advertise um if you get yeah. scratched it's automatically a demon or something and it's not always that case so so you, you mentioned there's a differentiation between demons and other spirits so are, are there different classifications of spirits or are they just there are ghosts and then there are demons or, or what, what specifically would you mean by that um in our opinion um it was just like you said it's there's ghosts and there's demons um okay. There's, and it could be a, 
uh, uh, just a very bad spirit that may not be demonic. You know, demonic, you're looking at trying to possess you, throwing things at you, stuff like that. Um, we haven't encountered anything being thrown at us. We have captured something being knocked off a wall, yeah. um, which, which really spooked us. <laughs> so if you were so, in a situation like that and you felt like that potentially you have some sort of possibly demonic activity, do you think you'd pack up your stuff and leave? Or are you guys going to hang around and try to become the next horror movie? um no if if it got to that point where we felt like it was something really bad we would go ahead and say okay we're wrapping up for the night um probably say a little prayer before we leave out tell whatever is there hey you can't come with us Uh, which we do that anyway yeah but if we felt you know it was kind of negative we would go ahead and just wrap right there and just call it a night so instead of taking the chance of something really bad happen or maybe attaching itself to us yeah that's something uh me and my wife if you if any of our listeners listen to our show a lot, they know we love going to Las Vegas. We love Vegas, and uh, Zach Bagans actually has his haunted museum mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Vegas. And we went there on one of our last trips, and they've got a ton of haunted stuff in this place. And my wife, it was just like her senses were going off, and uh, they had Jack Kevorkian's van. Mm-hmm. And in that room, they had uh, Ed Gein, who was a serial killer, I think. Mm-hmm. Not as big on the serial killer and true crime as my wife. She could tell you for yes, sure. They had they had what his he has his cauldron or something yeah, there, don't his they? His cauldron. Yeah. And we walked right up to it, and they even had a uh, the basement area where you could go in, and supposedly there had been uh, human sacrifice. So this place was off the charts evil. And one thing they told us in every room that we went in because they had a bunch of haunted dolls, like I think mm-hmm. one was called um, Peggy or something. And uh, we we walked by and they said, make sure when you walk, you say goodbye, Peggy, because you don't want these spirits to come home with you. And I thought they were joking, you know, at first. But then they're the way they're talking is like, no, I think they're being serious about this. You, you, right. you know, and I was wondering if there's anything to that. But I said, OK, yeah, bye, Peggy. You know, so <laughs> does uh, your entire team believe in the stuff you guys are hunting do they believe in the paranormal or do you have some skeptics on your team um we're all 100 percent believers um angel was uh, josh's wife she was the big biggest skeptic to start out with um she was kind of raised in you know stuff like that isn't real and all that kind of stuff and when we went to brushy mountain she came out a hundred percent believer. Like I said, my wife, she's, she's a hundred percent believer. I've always believed Josh has always believed. We do try to debunk a lot. We don't want to just automatically assume, okay, that was a ghost or so if something happens, like for instance, last night with the REM pod going off, I was like, well, let's just see if us walking around was causing it to vibrate and it go off like that. And it never did. So if we can't debunk it, then we're like, okay, maybe that's, there's something to that. So you're just doing it very scientifically. You're not you're not yep. saying I don't believe it. You're just saying I want to make sure that what I'm seeing is accurate and not some sort yep. of uh, anomaly that might be causing like my cell phone's in my pocket and somehow it caused some device to go off. And right. you know, you just want to make sure that that, that mm-hmm. is the case. So when you're out on your investigations, do you guys have like a certain procedure that you follow as to how you do it? Is that written up or anything? Or is it just sort of whatever we're feeling at the time? Or what's your process for that? Like you said, whatever we're feeling at the time, um, we don't provoke. That's something we don't do. There are there have been cases where we might kind of push a little bit, kind of encourage like, hey, you know, we know you're here. You know, just show us something. Don't be scared to show us. Um, but we don't go in there, you know, yelling, screaming at them, cussing at them, nothing like that. We may drop a few f bombs when something kind of spooks us, but we don't ever direct it actually towards them. So, because yeah. I don't, again, we don't want to take that risk of something 
getting mad at us and doing something to harm us or come home with this stuff like that. So, Do you think that's a, a real possibility that something like that could happen if you say went out there and tried to provoke these spirits that they could physically hurt you or possibly fall into your house? I, I think it would de- really depend on the location. Like if you go into a jail, for instance, and you're going there and then just talking to them like a dog yeah. and calling them every name in the book, then it, it, it would probably upset them a little bit, even though, you know, what they were in there for probably wasn't very good, but yeah. they were still a human being and they probably don't want to be talked to that way. So, for sure. you know, we don't want to go in there and, you know, upset them or, or make them mad or anything. So like we, we talk to them like they're like, I'm talking to you. We just go in there and just we're chill and just yeah. like, Hey, you know, talk to us. So you're, uh, you're typically all, most of the spirits you've encountered, you say, don't feel like they have any kind of, uh, antagonistic value. It's, it's mostly because most of the ones we've experienced and probably not nearly as many as you, uh, they seem more playful than anything, honestly. Like there's a lot right. of ghosts that like my wife was laying in the bed and <clears> she <throat> turned the TV off and the TV turned itself back on. I think twice. And she's like, well, I guess you get to watch forensic files. Okay. So she went to sleep, but this is in another haunted place. We stayed in Savannah, but do you, do you get that in your investigations or, or what are you seeing from the spirits? Kind of the same thing. Like most of them, you know, kind of, kind of joking around with you, just kind of toying with you a little bit to see your reaction. The only place I think we've ever been where we felt like there may be something evil or not so nice was um, the Octagon Hall up in Franklin, Kentucky. Okay, and what that happened place there? just has that place just has so many layers to it. And I know we we heard growling in what was supposed to be the nursery, a little oh, girl's goodness. room. You know, we heard growling numerous times in that room, like gr- animal um, growling or like a human growling or what kind of growling. <laughs> it, it was it was hard to tell. Devil um, doll growling. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, clarify here. I need to know if we need to run away. Is what right. I'm saying. Like I said, it was just growling. It was coming from the closet right behind us. It it growled two or three different times. And the first time we heard it, I was like, "That's you know, was that somebody's stomach?" They're like, "No, that wasn't us." And then going back listening to it, I mean, you can tell it's it's a growl. Yeah. Um, so there you was heard, an so you heard that audibly the, then. That that wasn't yeah. just yeah. We heard like, it with our ears. Oh yeah. So, wow. Yeah. How often does that happen? Do you get a lot of actual without? aid being able to hear things on these investigations at times we'll we'll hear somebody talking and we know there's nobody else in that room but us or we know the building building's completely empty and we hear somebody talking in the next room or walking around to the next room or um, i think we pretty much experienced something like that pretty much everywhere okay um, well that's that is pretty it, interesting yeah it's it's not all the time but you know we may hear a whisper or a, or some footsteps something like that we've always we always seem to hear stuff a lot. So, so back to your story about the growling, did anything come out of that? Or is it just, um, you know, said, okay, there's a demon dog in the other room and maybe we're not playing fetch. I don't know. Well, we, we was in this room. We had a flashlight set up on the bed and it was one of those mag lights where you kind of twist it to turn it on. And so we had it off just enough to where it would be easy to manipulate and turn it on. And we was having interaction with that. It was turning it on and off, answering our questions and stuff. Yeah. And next thing you know, you hear this growling in behind us and we're like, you know, what was that? It wasn't too long after that we left that room, but we had actually ended our night in the same room. It was one of those public events. Um so there was other people there. One of the yeah. guides was also an investigator as well, but he, he came in this room with us and he was he was provoking. He was saying some stuff um that he probably shouldn't been saying, um saying stuff like, you know, this is a new time, a new era. Women can do things now. Whatever was in yeah. this room apparently didn't like women or didn't believe women can do do all this stuff. And he was like, you know, if you don't like 
the women can do things now, you can basically, you know, F off. Yeah. And uh, about that time, my wife and Angel, they all started feeling kind of queasy and sick and they were getting, you know, headaches and pains in their, in their shoulders and everything. And they said that and he was like, y'all need to go. Y'all yeah. need to leave right now. And so what he was saying was starting to affect them because they were the two women in the room. And so when we left, we, they went outside and they both broke down, just started crying, was kind of just freaking out. And uh, that was when we decided to go ahead and leave. And the woman who over kind of the caretaker of the place, she's been an investigator for like 40 years. So she did the the sage thing, the the blessed oil and everything and said a little prayer. and was like, y'all, y'all go. And it was weird. She told us before we left, she goes, there's going to be something that's going to try to bring you back. Yeah. She goes, just keep going. And so when we punch in our address to go home, it keeps rerouting us, keeps telling us to turn around and go back there. Oh no. Like it did a it did it three or four times. And I was like, man, I was like, just keep going. We ain't doing we, that. <laughs> yeah. It kept telling us three or four times, turn around, make a U-turn, go back here. And then it was like, nope, we're going home. <laughs> man, that, that would have freaked me out for sure. I would <laughs> I don't think I would have been cool with that. Well, let me ask you this. Um, have you ever gotten scared on an investigation? Sounds like you um, got scared on that one where they're trying to tell you to come back to the place. Um, I have quite a few times, um, but it's one of those things that, that the adrenaline kind of keeps you going, kind of keeps you pushing forward. Um, probably the most scared I've been, um, it happened to us last year. It was just Josh and myself at um, the old Scott County Jail in Huntsville, Tennessee. Yeah. Um, we're wrapping up our night in the kitchen. Um, we have, we've been having all this stuff happening, but it always seemed to happen before we started recording or right after we was done when we was changing location. So they was kind of toying with us. And so I was like, you know, we've done, done all all the rooms, we've done all the sales, let's finish up here and we'll just call it a night. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, he had his handcuffs with him. So we we used those and he was kind of using some jail lingo, kind of talking to him like he would have, there were actual inmates there. Okay. Like I said, not, not provoking just being like hey you know it's it's time to uh, it's it's lights out it's time to to wrap up for the night you know get back into your cell stuff like that yeah i'd set the handcuffs down in front of the rim pod the rim pod just starts going nuts and we had this other device that we got to use that edi meter it starts lighting up and fluctuating going crazy we hear a woman from the hallway say help mm. like clear as they was like we look at each other and like did you hear that and he's like yeah that came from the hallway and I pick my camera up and I'll walk towards the hall and you can hear him messing with the, the rim pod trying to get it to stop. Yeah. And as soon as I open the door, I say, hello. When I say hello, the rim pod stops. You see this white anomaly come down. It goes to the right. And then there's this picture frame on the wall and this picture flame goes flying through the air. Mm. Does a flip in the air and lands about four feet on the other side of the door. Wow. And of course, you know, I scream and I'm dropping F-bombs and stuff. And I'm, yeah. I'm like, holy crap, you know, and he's, he didn't see it happen. He was kind of standing over behind me. Yeah. And he's like, what was that? And I was like, man, that's that picture just got knocked off the wall. We uh, got one of the ladies that, that oversee the jail. We got her to edit the video for us because I was like, hey, I don't have nothing to edit this with. We want to, we want to get this up as soon as possible. Yeah. And so. She edits this video and she slows it down, brightens it up a little bit. In this video, you can see you see the orb come down. You can see a shadow run across the screen. 
And when the pitcher goes flying, it looks like this shadow arm comes up behind the wall and just knocks the pitcher off the wall. Oh, no. I'd be gone. It was, I'm sorry. That's over. <laughs> and like I said, that was that was the second night or the second time that night that same pitcher had fallen off the wall. The yeah. first time, it had just kind of like fell and just kind of slid down the wall. Yeah. And um, the pitchers were held on the wall by like these those Velcro stickies and they had one on each corner of the pitcher. So it, it took a little bit of strength to pull it off the wall. And so I hung it back up there and I'm trying to pull it off. And I'm like, well, maybe if some, uh, somebody was in here during the day, during a day tour and just was messing with it and it wasn't hanging up very good. Yeah. I was like, maybe it just, just kind of came loose and fell. I was like, we can just throw that out. When it happened that second time, like I said, this pitcher doesn't just fall. It flies through the air, does a flip and lands about four feet on the other side of the door. Yeah. And I'm like, there, I'm like, there's no way that fault. That's a natural fall. No, no, it doesn't sound like it. When she sent us that video and you see that arm come out and looks like it just slaps the picture off the wall. That was just, it just kind of blew our mind. Oh, is that on your YouTube page? It is. It is. Oh, well, our, we're going to have to go check that out. I didn't see that one. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. It'll say, uh, I think it just says historic Scott County jail on the title. I think it's the second video once you load the page up. So. Almost felt like it said help or something. Hello. What was that? The picture, dude. Are you serious? I'm not. You. Oh my God! It swung it over here. I, oh, dude. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, that that would definitely freak me out. I think that'd be one that I would be bailing on early if it were me. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. Um, what do you feel like you're wanting to accomplish as, as a group? When we were teenagers, it was more or less a hobby. Um, we're not doing this to get paid or anything like that. Yeah. Um, we're not doing it to get a TV show. I mean, we're doing it because we have all these questions we've always wanted answered, you know, there's got to be more out there than what can, than anybody can explain. Yeah. Um, and we're wanting to just help people that may not understand it. Somebody that may be skeptical. I'm like, okay, watch this. How can you naturally explain that? That's a good point. You know, um, like I said, we're not doing it for fame or fortune. Um, we're just wanting to help, help out people and educate people, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, like we're still learning every day about stuff too, about how things work, how these instruments work, how just all this kind of stuff. So we want to let help people understand that. Like, like we've been understanding it. And um, like I said, I, I've become pretty good friends with some, some seasoned vets of the, of the game. So yeah. I've helped out at some, some public events. I'm actually helping out at one in a couple of weeks. Um, so we're trying to do more for the community than just going out and investigating just for our own self. We're trying to help the community as a whole yeah. to grow and, and help people understand it more. Let me ask you this. Um, what, what plans do you guys have uh, for the future for your group? Do you, do you have uh, a vision? It, it's pretty much the same, the same thing. I just kind of explained. We have a whole bucket list of places um, we want to go. We're actually also talking about starting our own podcast. Um which we're hoping to maybe do a test run of that next weekend. Oh, um, yeah. it, it's something we've been talking about for a few months. We just hadn't had the time to really put it together. You should do it. Um, I'm a big fan of podcasts myself. So Right. Yeah. We're actually attending our first convention in a, in a few months. We're going to be part of that. And that, that's something we've, we've kind of talked about before. I was, you know, maybe in a couple of years, once we kind of get not quote unquote famous, but kind of more well-known around the community and stuff. I was like, maybe yeah. that's something we could do to bring some teams together and kind of help spread the word about all this stuff. And we've actually been contacted to host a public a public event at a place um, locally. Um, so that's something we're considering doing. So uh, like I said, we're trying to get out there and just help people and, and kind of spread the awareness on, on, on paranormal and help people understand it better. Yeah, that's great. So let me ask you this. If you guys had the budget, if you could go anywhere in the world, to do an investigation is there a spot in mind that you're like this is where i would go hands down i mean i think all of our answers are different um like i know like personally for my wife i think hers would be waverly hills that's a place she's always wanted to go i've actually been there myself three times before we okay. actually started the team I've, I've actually been there i know for like josh one of his big ones is the old tennessee state prison here in nashville it's a place that his dad worked in and He's been there quite a few times himself as as a kid visiting with his dad and stuff. His dad would bring him in there and tell him all these stories of stuff that he's experienced while he worked there. So hopefully one of these days they'll they'll kind of open that up for for that kind of stuff. Um, even though there's rumors flying around, they may just completely tear it down. That'd be a shame. Um, it would for me personally. Probably my top place would probably be Trans Allegheny up in Pennsylvania. I thought you were going to um, say Transylvania because I was about to say Dracula's <laughs> Castle, which is probably not real, would be my number one. But hey, Trans Allegheny. I mean, it, it would be pretty cool to check that out. But yeah, yeah Trans Allegheny is probably my my top one. Um, yeah, we do eventually want to venture outside of Tennessee. Um, we have done a couple places up in Kentucky that's not too far from us. But all this stuff is expensive. You oh know, yeah, traveling to these places um, and even just paying for the investigation some of them aren't cheap um especially like the ones we really want to do so that's stuff we'd have to you know save up for and just kind of plan yeah plan out and stuff like that the so investment how do you feel about the big paranormal tv shows like the the ghost hunters and the things of that nature do you feel like that's uh not an accurate portrayal of what a real team like yours might be doing I'm not um, knocking their shows. I'm, I, I realize everything's made for entertainment and it's edited, right. but, but how do you feel about those kinds of shows? Do you, do you feel like those are, are valid? Yes and no. Um, I mean, some of the stuff that does happen, I mean, we've experienced the places. Um, the way they portray it on TV of, of it all happening in one night, 
that, that's not a hundred percent accurate because yeah. we've been on investigations where we'll be there seven, eight hours and I have a thing happen. If I had to personally pick a TV show that I said, probably the most accurate without a bunch of made up stuff, I guess you could say yeah, for TV yeah. would probably be destination fear. Okay. I, I probably feel, I feel probably they're the most realistic show right now. And I hope they kind of stay how they're doing and not, try to amplify it up play like ghost adventures has and add more drama and all that junk to it. So yeah, um, that show is probably the most accurate right now, I would say. Okay. Well, that, that one's good to know. I, I don't know that I've watched much of that one, but I'm definitely going to have to go check it out. Let's say someone wants to get into being a paranormal investigator. What would you mm-hmm. recommend first steps for somebody like that? Cause we've had a few people reach out to our podcast and expressed interest in it. And it's not my field of specialty, but it is yours. So what would you say would be good first steps for somebody that wants to start? Your first step, in, in, in my opinion, was make sure you know how to do some good research. I mean, we do sometimes go into places just kind of blind because we want to see what we can get. But yeah. we normally do a little bit of research on a place before we go to it. I would definitely recommend research. Um, yeah. That way you kind of know what you're getting yourself into, kind of learn some names and maybe some people that's been there. Just the history behind a a location and uh, that's always important you don't want to just go in and just start saying random stuff because yeah you know they may not know what you're talking about yeah and start small with your equipment you don't have to go out and spend thousands of dollars just a simple hundred dollar night vision camera and a simple fifteen dollar digital recorder would do wonders for you okay um most of this stuff is is fairly pricey um yeah that's why we don't have a huge array of, of equipment i mean we've got I don't know, four or five cameras, three, four EMF detectors. Um, unfortunately, only one REM pod. We would yeah. really like to get at least two or three. Like I said, we have a few digital recorders. Um, like I said, but it's all stuff we've kind of built up over the last couple of years. Like when we went to Brushy Mountain, I had a digital recorder and an EMF detector. That's all we went in there with. Yeah. And it was crazy active. We weren't really able to document any of it. Oh, goodness. Um but, you know, we have the experiences, the personal experiences to talk about, and yeah. which, you know, is good for a good story and everything. But you always want to try to document it. So that's why I'd yeah. say start with a camera that can see in the dark and okay. then a good digital recorder. Okay. And sometimes you don't even need to go out and buy a digital recorder. You can just download a, a voice recorder on your phone and that works just as well. Can you tell my listeners where they can find you, where the best place to find you would be, like your website address and all that good information? Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, okay. And our YouTube page. We're trying to really build our U- YouTube page up. That's, that wants to be, we want that to be like our main focal point for okay. evidence. Yeah. And we'll, we'll use everything else for like, you know, promotions of stuff and what we're up to and stuff like that. But we want to make our YouTube our main focal point for our evidence. Okay. Well, you can definitely check out the YouTube page. I will be linking all of that on our website. So if you go to Scary Savannah's website and check out the guests tab, we're going to have the information where you can find their YouTube page. You can also find the social media links and a little bio. I do want to plug one. Th- oh, sure. Go ahead. Um, I was telling you about the convention we're doing. Um, yeah. It's going to be October 22nd in Lebanon, Tennessee okay. at the uh, Wilson County Fairgrounds. If anybody listens to the show from around that area or they just want to come up for it, it's called the con's going to be called Phantom Paws and Historic Calls. Um, they're going to take all the money from it and they're going to donate a portion of it to um, a senior dog center. And then they're going to take the other half of it and donate it to a haunted historic location to kind of help keep its doors open, help it get it restored. Yeah. So it's for a really good cause. 
Okay. And you get to meet, you'll get to meet a bunch of investigators, a bunch of teams, and then, you know, who else, who knows who may be up there. So. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. Uh, any, anything else you want to share? Where you got the money? Um, yeah. Like I said, we're hoping to get the podcast started up. Um, when I get started up, you know, I'll, I'll be put, putting the word out about that. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, definitely reach out to us and let us know when it goes well, and, uh, and we'll help get the word out for you. That, that'd be great. Yeah. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I uh, hope you guys have good luck in your future ventures with Ghost. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one. You too. All thank right. you. Okay, so thanks so much for RKB Paranormal being involved on our show. I think that was very interesting. And there's that video that we showed where you got to see a picture thrown off the wall. I found that incredibly freaky. What did you think about it? Yeah, that was really weird. It was extremely weird. But make sure to check them out. You can find them on all the links that we'll have on our website under their guest page. So go check that. You can find them on YouTube primarily. And hopefully I'll have a link to it somewhere on the screen here on our YouTube. If not, you'll find the link in the show notes if you go look at that on your podcast player. So that's going to bring us to the portion of our show that we like to call insert graphic here. What What we're watching. Okay, so this week we watched one of my top five favorite movies. It's on my patented top five, top five list. Okay. And this movie was the stellar 2014 true comedy horror True comedy? Yes, not true, oh. but, but it's a true oh, comedy. Oh, okay. I was like, is it, I didn't know it was based on a true story. It could be. <laughs> what We Do in the Shadows. I can't believe it's that old. 2014. It it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't know that. I'm a huge fan of Flight of the Concords, and this movie was written by Jermaine Clement, and he's one of the members of that band. It was him, and uh, I, I have so much trouble with Brett. this. Takiki Watiti. Was the name of the director. Brett was the guy in Flight of oh, Yeah, Concords, that's what I was going to say. But he spells his name wrong. He leaves a T One T, yeah. Yeah, but he's a little bit more musically inclined than I am. So if I anyone think. wants to know Brett's sense of humor, like for real, watch Flight of the Concords. That is like the epitome of him. Like It is the best. Everything about it is... Is, Amazing yes, is the is. word you're looking for. I know, I loved it. But I was, I was really surprised because... When you told me we're going to watch that show, it was a long time ago. I was like, "Eh, I don't know about this. And like the very beginning of it, I'm like, what is this? Even the intro. And like, even still, I walked into your office the other day and you were listening to a song. You're like, what is this? Because it's a TV show, but they also, it's a lot of songs. And, you know, so I was like, what is this? I said, it's Flower Concord. And And then I smacked her. I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. I didn't smack her because I never smacked her. (laughs) I was like, that makes perfect sense. I wouldn't smack her. She'd smack me and it hurt way more than if I smacked her. She's strong. So this movie can only be described in one word, and that's stupid. And I mean that in the most amazing way, yeah. because that is my sense of humor is it stupid. It is so It you. is so stupid. So the plot of this movie is that there is a group of vampires that live together in a house, but they are basically having to deal with modern-day mundane aspects of life. They've introduced a camera crew or so they say, they allowed them to come in and video their lives, uh, like The Office. Yeah, Think like of mockumentary. The office. It's a mockumentary. Think of The Office. And they do all these mundane things, like they have to uh, pay their rent, 
chores. Yeah, keep up with the chore wheel. You haven't washed the dishes yeah. in three years. And it was like seven years. Yeah. And it's like, and, uh, they it's tr- embarrassing to bring people over. Yeah. And he's like, well, you're just going to eat them anyway. Yeah. And then the youngest one's like 800 years old and they're they're still trying to like go into nightclubs and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, so they're vampires and they have to be invited to go into a place. And so, like I said, that youngest one's like 800 years old, but they're up and say, hey, don't you want us to come into your club? And they're like, nah, get out of here. And then they have mundane conflicts with their roommates and stuff is like uh they argue about the chores and then one of them is jermaine he's actually one of the vampires and he's like i drug a body through the hallway so that sort of counts as sweeping doesn't yeah. it <laughs> yeah and then there's a vampire named peter and he's basically nosferatu it's hilarious yeah so, poor peter yeah it's directed by jermaine and taikiko watiti i know i butchered that I'm sorry. I don't really know how to say his name. And they both play a couple of vampires, the main two of the main yeah. characters in this movie. And they deliver a hilarious performance because they have this very straightforward yeah. delivery. And it's it's just so funny, like Flight of the Concords. And this is not your normal vampire no. movie. Not in any way. No. And they've been invited to an upcoming ball where they're going to have to prepare to face one of one of their vampires' greatest challenges the beast so you got to watch this movie to find out who the beast is and if you do watch this movie you're going to hear amazing lines like the one right here this is my favorite trick we present our guest with a plate of boschetti and then i will say why don't you eat some boschetti please nick eat some boschetti so crystal after that amazing clip from the movie i want to know on our scale of 1 to 12 arbitrarily chosen dog treats, what would you rate this movie and why? And it better not be anything less than 10 and a half. Okay, well, I was going to give it 10, but I'll give it 10 and a half. And Begrudgingly? No, I love this movie. Yeah. I fortunately had seen it before because I did fall asleep on this one. And it wasn't because the movie was this boring. This is the second time you've done this. I know. I was just extremely tired yeah, from well, work. Yeah, fired. At this time, I am looking for it. Send your resumes for co-hosts <laughs> to our contact page because, Crystal, I'm, I'm, what do I pay you? Like, nothing? No. The same thing I get paid? Nothing? <laughs> so, you're getting a pay cut. Okay. okay. You owe me money now. Uh, well, anyway, I have seen the movie before. We watched it years ago. So, tell me why you give it a 12 out of 12. <laughs> okay, 10 and a half because I have seen... What we do in the shadows, the TV show, and I prefer that to this it's one. It's amazing. And it's Jermaine's even more amazing than the movie. So if you watch the movie, I say watch the movie first, then yeah. watch the TV show because the you TV show don't have to watch the movie. You first don't because but, it's it's but really it's standalone. Separate. Yeah, it's separate. But the characters from the movie make guest appearances yeah. in the TV show, yeah. not, not just Jermaine, but I think Takiki does too. Yeah. And the show is actually still on the air. Like, it hasn't gone off yet. So Yeah, they it's just still renewed it. And I think mm-hmm. there's, like, season three or four. Yeah. Maybe. So, I love the show. And I love the movie. But I prefer the TV show. Yeah. Runtime, I don't know what it was because I slept through it. So, yeah. I can't give it points for that. I'll give it points because it was perfect runtime to be hilarious. And I liked it because it reminds me of you. Yeah. Well, some things do that. And I know how depressing <laughs> it truly is. 
Hey, I gave it 10 and a half stars. You did. So the reason Crystal Our gave it a 12 treats. out of 12 is because she's going to hear my review because I give this movie a 15 out of 12 dog treats. Oh, you liked it that much? I love this movie. I love Flight of the Concords, even though this isn't Flight of the Concords, but I love their humor. I love their music. Yeah. I love everything about this movie, even that line. Busquetti. How can you not love that? How could you not love that? So I, I do. And I say, go watch Flight of the Concords. The TV show, and then go watch this movie, What We Do in the Shadows, and then watch the TV show, What We Do in the Shadows. And you'll get a whole. You yeah. Well, that's a good order to watch it's it. It's like in. a psychological introspective, you'll get like the way you do an a insight killers, into right? Brett's mind. Yes, you will see so many aspects of yeah. him. Okay, so that's going to bring us to the part of the show that we like to call Layla, Layla and, and Coffee, Coffee Talk. Talk. So, Crystal, tell me what has happened with these beasts this week. Really, they've just been underfoot most of the time as I'm trying to do things around the house, yeah. sweeping off the decks and then underfoot coffee. or helping. They're helping, but they're right. Especially coffee. Yeah, she's like right there and I accidentally hit her with the broom and I felt like a horrible person. Oh, no. I know I was sweeping and then there was her little head. And you hit her right in the face. Said, yeah, I had to apologize way, and like get on the floor and like, I'm so But you know, I'm dogs can understand apologies. So she just thinks you hit her on purpose. I know. And there's like no way to, I'm sorry, baby, <laughs> let me pet you. I'm so sorry. Then I had to spend the rest of the day just like Coddling loving her. her. Yeah. Yeah. And she still hasn't forgotten that. No, she, well, she'll she hold did. that to the day she no, dies. No, she forgot. And um, they also have a new bark box on the way. Uh-oh. I got an email today. Or if it's still Vegas themed. No, I think it's Star Wars because of May the 4th. Which is May today? the fourth, which is the day we're recording this. It is. So happy May the fourth to you. <laughs> Cross the fandoms. You know how we roll. As I said earlier in the show, make sure to go check out our Patreon because then you can go and for as little as three dollars a month get extra content. We're releasing one episode extra a week that only patrons can find, and it comes out on Wednesdays at eight PM and you can get audio and video options if you go look there. There's also tiers where you can get merchandise, and those are really cool, including mugs like this one and mugs like that one. The sweet little faces. Yeah, and there's levels that give you things like t-shirts and our undying gratitude, because that's worth more than anything, really. We love all of our fans that listen to us, and we would love to hear from you. So there's a thing on our page called Ask Us Anything. Go click on that tab and send us any question. I don't care what the question is. Send us a question. doesn't have to do with ghosts. Doesn't have to do with true crime. Doesn't even have to do with dogs. We just want, it could be about the area. It could be about why Crystal's so beautiful. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I ask this question all the time. Why is she with me? So <laughs> Probably because of that shirt. Yeah. That's she an bought, amazing she shirt. She bought me this shirt after we did a story on this exact the Land of part. Oz. Yeah. yeah. So I've got the Land of Oz t-shirt. Hey, sponsor us Land of Oz with your creepy, scary stuff, or at least give us free tickets and let us come see. You can visit our website if you go to www.scarysavannahandbeyond.com. You can find us on all social media platforms if you look for the user at Scary Savannah. As we said earlier, we have our merchandise giveaway. So if you just go to our website, click on the tab that says giveaway, you will find three easy questions that you can go in and answer about previous episodes and submit it and have a chance to win either the original Scary Savannah and Beyond coffee mug or the Layla and Coffee Talk coffee mug. 
or a t-shirt in your choice of size and color. And hopefully you don't ruin it with bleach like I did mine. She did, so I'm going to have to buy another one just for her because she's ruined everything. I'm always cleaning and I accidentally sprayed bleach on the counter and leaned over and it was not pretty. Yeah, and you know what else is strange about you? What? You always need coffee. I do. You need coffee. And you know what? Our loyal listeners can help with that mm-hmm. and viewers. So if you just go to the bottom left corner of our website, you'll see a little icon that looks sort of like this little coffee cup. Go click on that and you can buy Crystal Coffee. That would be greatly appreciated. You can find our merchandise store on our website where you can get cool things like these coffee mugs or the T-shirts or this hat I'm wearing, but I'm wearing it backwards so you can't see it. But you can see how it looks in you know the cool profile view see (laughs) looks really cool so you can hook yourself up with that so i believe that's going to leave just the one last thing join us next time in savannah where the ghosts and the good times live on but i bet you don't know who don't i don't know them ghosts in that haunted in tennessee tennessee (laughs) you gotta shape up or ship out baby i'll do better next time (laughs) 